and welcome to a new episode of Digital Coffee, and I'm your host, Brett Deister, and if you could please subscribe to Digital Coffee on your favorite podcasting hosting sites, just hit that subscribe button, leave a five-star review if you like this podcast, and if not, let me know what I can do better. But this week, we're going to be talking about the Kotar remake, or Knights of the Old Republic, Battlefield 2042 new update, Twitch's new viewership numbers, I'm going to be talking about Overwatch Anniversary Remix Volume 2, but also my feelings overall about going from Overwatch 2 back to Overwatch, and then why, well, why it's important for game companies to remain neutral in political dialogue, and we'll go through some of the articles about that. Those are going to be my two main things about it. So, get your coffee cups ready. This is going to be a very big, juicy one, and let's get on with the show. Mm, that's good. All right, so it looks like Saber Interactive and Asprey, I think it's is actually called, are going to be working closer together to make the Kotar remake. Yes, the famous Star Wars game that was one of the best Star Wars games in recent memories. I think even though Jedi Fallen Order was good, it still doesn't match the magic of Kotar. And even Star Wars Squadron was an actual good one as well, but still... A little bit different, but I, I do think EA should revisit Squadron and make a second one because it actually did very well, but we'll see. But yes, they're working together. They're going to be trying to take on this monumentous project and trying to make it the best game possible and hopefully not mess around with the, well, basically the story too much. I don't want to see more woke stuff in this. I want to see a really good story with way less wokeness in it because really it, it turns everybody off. Normal people, normal gamers don't like this. Just lesson for you, Bungie. And moving on to Battlefield 2042, and there's a lot of changes. Yes, the update did come out on Thursday, and it removed the 128 players in Breakthrough to scale down to 64 players, this is just makes it more impactful, which I think I tend to agree since Breakthrough is more of a compact type of mode instead of Conquest where it is, there's different basically points you have to capture. And so there's a lot more freedom and not as bad of chokes in there because you could play different objectives if you want to. So this is a good step in the right direction in general. And I just think... Yeah, breakthrough 120 players was just a little too much for that. Plus, with other different types of updates, we still haven't really heard about map changes, but there has been a nerf to Boris's auto turret, and there's been a nerf to Angel's, I guess, packs he throws out. You can't no longer give plates to it, so it actually won't save your life on that one. It will just basically restock you. Which I don't know about that nerf I like too much. That's mostly who I played, but I heard from a lot of people that Boris's auto turret was a little too overpowered, and it's good that it's finally being nerfed to help with that issue in general. All right, moving on to Twitch, and Twitch has hit 1.8 billion hours in April. 
And Facebook Gaming has total about 336 million hours watched. This is actually a pretty good stat given that largely the lockdowns are done. Largely people have gone back to doing their normal thing for the most part. And so it's interesting to see how much viewership has still impacted it. It doesn't look like it's been as big as let's say January 2022 when we're still in that type of mode still looks like it has dwindled quite a bit but it's still a pretty good aggregate on there's a lot of people still watching things for this but it has gone down through this past year from january to now and it looks like it's been a bigger hit for facebook from january to now january for facebook in 2022 is about six million viewership hours and it's about 336 and for twitch it's it was about 2 billion so they went down a little bit but still significant now to show you that people are back to work people aren't stuck at their computers and they're not watching this stuff as much anymore but we'll see month over month and year over year if it's relatively the same or if it actually has started to dwindle quite a bit it's an interesting thing to see how viewership happens with live streaming with Twitch, Facebook gaming. Surprisingly, there's no YouTube gaming in this one, but it's interesting to see that dichotomy and where gamers are going to. And moving on to Overwatch Anniversary Remix Volume 2. So it finally was released this week, right after the Overwatch 2 beta ended. And, well, I actually do like a lot of the skins. The Neon Cat for uh, Sombra was good. I also like the Roadhog one. I also like the Sim one as well is actually a pretty decent one. I wasn't really... Oh, and the Anna one, which is the Night Owl instead of the the Winter Owl or whatever. I'm not really that caring about Lucio's skin. I didn't think it was that great. And then there's a, basically a Luchador Reaper one for League, which I actually don't really care about as well either. But for the, all, for the most part, I like these skins a lot better than the Remix Volume 1. Volume 1 was just basically white a white skin of old stuff. This is a little bit better. This is a little bit more thought-provoking i thought a little bit more fun but all in all it's not bad but also moving on to more of my thoughts about moving back from overwatch 2 to overwatch 1 and how that has impacted my play it seems like when i played a little bit last night i feel like i got actually better at, at aiming i don't know why it was weird i felt like i got a little bit better at about it it didn't take me as long because i did go back during a few weeks ago to overwatch one to see like how different it was and it was a little bit of a learning curve when i first did it but when i wasn't that far away from it or when i haven't played it in a while yeah it was hard to go back to when i played it a little bit during it it wasn't as difficult as a, someone that plays sombra quite a bit it was a little bit more getting used to because in Overwatch 2, you can hack turns, you can hack health packs and people while remaining stealth. This one, you kind of have to like 
unstealth to hack anything you want to in the game. And so it was a little bit more of a, I got to rework or figure this one out again so I don't kill myself. And so that was a bit of a learning curve and a little bit fun to figure out once again. I did play a little bit of Hanzo and I actually was not bad at Hanzo. Still have some work to do. Widow, I tried it in the beta and then in right now live. The targeting system or even like the hit registration is a lot better in Overwatch 2 than Overwatch 1. So I kind of missed that part. But all in all, I got some picks on it. Like I said, I actually do miss... To a certain extent, 2CP, I do miss the two-tank composition of it. Even though it can be harder and a little bit frustrating, I feel like there's just this, like, kind of this symmetry between everything, and everything just fits right, even though some can be a little bit overpowered, some can just be awful to mess with. It just seems like the symmetry was just... A little bit better in Overwatch 1 than 2. It seems like the devs at that time understood about this game a lot more. Do I think 2CP or Push is better than the other? No, I think they're both still pretty lousy for the most part. They can be steamrolls or whatever, but I don't know. Push just... I think they got to figure... They really do have to figure out Push a little bit more. It seems like a half-baked idea... And it may bring people back to being basically, I want two CP back. Now, if you don't want two CP is it's two capture points. So basically in the map, you have one capture point that you have to capture. And then you go on to the last one, Anubis, Hanamora, Volskaya. That's, those are some of the two capture point type games. And so those, they still have to figure out. What are they going to do with those maps? If they're going to do any of those maps, or they're just never going to have them in there. It really depends. But all in all, push doesn't really seem like it's the better choice between 2CP and push. I don't know. That's just more of my opinion. But all in all, I'm actually having still fun in Overwatch. I don't think... People give it a lot of flack for... It's just because there wasn't a lot of stuff done for the past several years, and that's been the biggest hurdle for it. But I don't think people don't like it just to not like it. It's just... Hero designs need to be a little bit more fleshed out. I do agree that less shields is the better option for this, but I do think in Overwatch 1, tanks are definitely a lot tanky, only because you have two tanks instead of one. So that's that's one of the things. I do think if they actually brought in a lot of the features and options in Overwatch 2 to Overwatch 1, like the Arisa rework where there'll be less one less shield tank, it would help quite a bit. You'll still have a two shield, but it will basically only be Sigma and Reinhardt, and that's fine with me. Having two options is better than not having any options at all. I still think shields have some type of play with it, but all in all, I think... I still think Overwatch is a really great game. It's just sad that it just was neglected for so long. All right, moving on to 
Well, this weird, weird obsession with gaming companies taking political stances. I have always been a firm believer that gaming companies product are for any really both ideologies regardless. I also believe that employees don't always agree with each other on anything and you should not be on one side or the other. It's a very childish and immature thing to do. It's very childish to think that your employees agree with you all the time. It's, it's a childish thing. I also agree that politicians and journalists should actually stick to doing their job instead of being activists as well. So here's the thing. Nathan Grayson, the Kotaku guy, and I think the, one of the few, one of the reporters implicated in Gamergate, if I'm not, if I'm wrong, then I apologize for that one, but he's been around the gaming industry. Hasn't, he's not the greatest reporter in the world. He's actually basically an activist in general, as per the, this, thing that they're doing. He's now working for the Washington post because the Washington post is the greatest journalistic machine ever, or even the greatest paper ever. I mean, Jeff Bezos owns it. So take it with a grain of salt, but he decided with another fellow reporter that it was time to talk to the gaming companies about Roe v Wade because they needed to say something because how dare they understand that employees don't agree with each other. Employees have different opinions. Employees are there to work. They're not there to share their political opinions. They're not there to try to belittle you because you have wrong think. No, instead it's, well, why haven't you said anything? I mean, there's this big societal thing. You must say something. You are the gaming company that makes games for people to escape reality. Clearly this is, the work of intellectuals at the Washington post. And so they decided to do that. I'm glad that most of them just decided to stay out of it because I agree given that the media has not really told the truth to a lot of people, what Roe v Wade overturning it actually means. And I will tell you, it basically just means that for the past 50 years, it's been a federalized type of mandate almost that we pay for people's abortion to a certain extent. Instead, this is like, no, this goes back to the States. We were wrong. The Supreme court basically said their previous decision we were wrong about, and it should be a state decision and it should not just be this federalized take it for what it is type of a thing. That's actually how it is. Now, the people on the left and the people that are more pro abortion are telling you that they're going to take everything away because they are upset that the money train has ended for this. So I commend Jim Ryan of Sony PlayStation CEO. First of all, he said, look at, we're not taking a stance. If I don't take a stance, it doesn't mean I agree or disagree with this. I'm just saying people have difference of opinions we're here to work and respect the, each other's decision. Oh my gosh, Insomniac, Bungie, like all of them are like, how dare you? How dare you make this type of really rational thought that we're here to work and politics should stay out of making video games. But no, Bungie was like, hold my beer. 
So they were for this. They said that the Bungie said that we were not, we will quote unquote not be muzzled by Sony. Okay, here's the thing. Do you know if your employees agree with everything? Agree with this too? Do you know? I don't think you know because if you're in the minority opinion or you feel like you're in the minority opinion, then you should or I should say is that people stay quiet because they don't want the repercussions of it. This is the problem of taking a side. And ironically enough, when you take the side of abortion and you're the CEO's a dad, it's kind of like, well, why didn't you tell your wife to abort the babies? But I digress on that one. But my issue is, is that Bungie has no way of knowing Everybody in their company agrees with this. No way of knowing. Because no one's going to tell the truth on this one. Nobody. You lie when you know that you're a minority opinion. You lie because you don't want the repercussions to come at you. That's what you do. You stay quiet. Because I don't want somebody trying to go after my job because I don't agree with them. And the weird part is, is that even though Sony was like, oh, we're not really going to take a decision, they're still going to pay for abortions. So the money train, so the immature imbeciles, and I'm calling them immature because if you have sex, that's your choice. Once that happens, it's now responsibility. Choice, responsibility. Those are the two sides of it. Your choice, you consent to sex, you consent to pregnancy if you're of age where you can give babies. That's my problem with this. But the problem is, is that they're not upset that it was overturned. They're upset that the money train, the free abortions is ending. So now they're turning their sights to companies paying for it. But companies are fine with paying for it. You know why? Because it's a lot cheaper to do give an abortion or to pay for the abortion than it is to have a mother on maternity leave. And it just financially doesn't make any sense for companies so this is a very weird insidious thing that happens when you don't actually really think about the repercussions businesses are fine with doing it because once again if a woman gets pregnant and she gives birth she'll be on maternity leave for several months she will be more dedicated to her children which is a completely upstanding thing to do motherhood is as I've heard from many mothers, one of the best things that can happen to you. But as the Peter Pan, I guess, mentality of my generation and the younger ones, we never want to grow up. It's a whole nother issue. But my issue is here is that we're not thinking of repercussions of future generations. There's about 60, about a million babies die a year or, or, yeah, are aborted a year, a million. That's quite a bit of a generation where birthing rates are declining. A lot of people aren't really getting married or having children. And so there is a financial long-term repercussions for this. And that's one of the reasons why I'm always against it because the financial long-term goals of making sure America is still one of the best countries out there is diminishing because we choose short-term gain 
over the long-term financial stability or long-term keeping America dominant. My generation or the millennials may very well be the ones that actually completely just make America in the decline. It's already starting to happen a little bit, but I digress is that think logically about why they're doing this stuff. They're doing it because, and I've said this before, it seems like the left woke progressivism wants to control women, but I also want women to be men because the reality, the fantasy is now the reality to them because and largely abortion is more in favor of men because men have less responsibility. If you have, if you abort the baby, then the men, it doesn't really matter for the men. It's just like, all right, well, I don't have any more responsibility. So largely this is all in favor of men, which is kind of funny to me, but why are gaming companies getting involved with this? Or some of them, I should say, why is Bungie so like, this is the hill they die on. Have they not heard the term get woke, go broke? Because it has happened. It has seen decline. Netflix has seen a decline in subscription or subscribers because people are tired of their woke politics. This will happen to Bungie too if they're not careful. You need to look at this logically. Go like, this is a, and I've always said this, be neutral businesses. It will help you in the long run your bottom line. This is why Bungie is so successful in their bottom line because they were neutral for quite a while. Now they decided to take stances, which really has will not help their bottom line whatsoever. But I digress saying that neutrality in business is far more lucrative and far and just better for business's bottom line in general than taking a side for the most part. There are sides that you should be taking Racism is bad, obviously. Actual racism is bad, obviously. And all that stuff. That's a fine stance to take, and there's some stances that you just have to take as a business. But these types of abortion is abortion murder, or is it not? Is abor- Should we be in favor of abortion or not? It is not a stance you should ever take. Because America is very split on this. Very split. There is no real, like, people will bring up a stat about how two-thirds of Americans don't want Roe v. Wade overturned, even though they don't really want to understand what Roe v. Wade is or understand what it actually entails. So even that is taken with a grain of salt. My issue with this is that, well, first of all, they don't like us as gamers because as the shooting has said then this Roe v. Wade thing, but specifically the shooting, Fox News or the conservatives blame video games and Frost or I should say journalists blame gamers for being racist. So they hate us in general. And this is just more of a hate in general type of a thing of talking down to us gamers because I guess they think that we like that they talk down to us because to be honest with you, a lot of these companies, I'm kind of done with buying their stuff. If they can't keep quiet, if they can't just make games and they have to make everything political, then there's no point in buying your stuff. I don't want to support this completely stupid thought process that needs to be quelled because stay out of it. As a business person, stay out of it. As a private citizen, I don't care, but don't bring your personal political beliefs to your business political beliefs. 
You have a wide range of people. You have a wide range of ideas. Stop thinking that one is a one is correct and is a monolith for the most part. Like I said, there's always nuance to that. There's always different things. And sometimes you have to take stance and sometimes you don't. This one, you don't. Stay out of it. Jim Ryan is correct. He did nothing wrong. He said, look it. We have very different. We have di- employees with very different opinions about this. And we will re- be respectful of all opinions. That's how you do it. That's the perfect response. Not this. We stand with the rights of a minority because for the most part, this extreme type of abortion thing is very minority driven. It's very small numbers, even though they make it sound like it's big numbers. It's always very small. When we're talking about progressivism and that type of thing, it's always small because most Americans don't like progressivism. They actually hate it. So stay out of it. Go back to the middle and be like, you know what? We're here to make games. We're not here to make political statements. We're here to make games. And we're here to make the best games we can for the most people to actually buy them because we want, as a business, we want to grow. And that's how we grow. That's how you should message it. And that's why you stay on message. Because you'll muzzle somebody if you take a stance on one thing that society hasn't really agreed on quite yet. Racism always, you always take a stance on that one, obviously, but this specifically, this one, you don't take a stance on. So what do you think? Do you think is right for businesses to make a statements about this or not? Let me know in the comments below, but Thank you for listening to Digital Coffee. As always, please subscribe to Digital Coffee on all your favorite or the one you're actually listening to, podcasting, hosting sites. Leave a five-star review if you like it. If not, let me know in the comments below. But join me next week to talk about what's going on in the gaming industry. All right, guys, stay safe, game on, and just enjoy people's different thoughts. Later.